Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. This is Leslie Powell, Director of Outreach for the World Fellows Program, speaking today with Unmesh Brahme, a 2009 Yale World Fellow. Since 2004, Unmesh has been Senior Vice President for Corporate Sustainability at HSBC India, where he formulates the bank's corporate responsibility and sustainability framework. He's worked directly on the launch of HSBC India's microfinance initiative and on Future First, a program for street children, as well as on significant climate change initiatives. It's great to have you here, Unmesh. My pleasure. What is corporate sustainability? It's a million dollar question, uh, and that's the reason why companies are investing million dollars in corporate sustainability. Uh, essentially, it's to do with uh, managing business in such a way that profits uh, do become the motive or is the objective for the existence of the company, but it's also to look at communities in which we operate and trying to ensure that there is a fair amount of work uh, executed by corporations to elevate poverty, uh, look at health issues, uh, conduct educational exercises, basically trying to ensure that we leave a better planet for our generations uh, who are going to come after us. I have to play devil's advocate mm -hmm. for a moment. The primary purpose of a business is, in this case a bank, is to mm -hmm. generate profit, right. just as you said. One could argue that all of the things you've just mentioned mm -hmm. at best distract a business from pursuing profit, at worst hinder it. Well, not at all. If you look at today's businesses, uh, they make profit from 30% uh, of the world's population, globally speaking. 70% are still underserved, in fact, not touched at all by what we see as global markets, products, and services. How do you work with this bottom of pyramid communities? How do you grow your profits by extending your market outreach? You can't do it by just selling products to people who can't live, uh, who don't even have a dollar a day as their income or can't even afford a square meal a day. So you have to work with them, improve their lot, try to see how you get them into the mainstream economy by working on education, health, microfinance, uh, climate change issues, and then, yes, you have a market. And you have a market which is the ethical market. Your profits grow in the long term. The jargon changes over time. Mm -hmm. um, the, the buzzword until recently was corporate social responsibility. Your title is now one having to do with corporate sustainability. What, what is the state of play on the terminology? And do those two things differ? They don't really differ, but many, many years ago, corporate social responsibility meant corporate philanthropy. Today, uh, in fact, let's take, take, take my case. Let's take the case of HSBC. We moved from corporate social responsibility to corporate responsibility only without the social to sustainability, thereby echoing the fact that today, uh, doing work with the community, working on business-aligned uh, uh, projects uh, to do with education, environment, many other issues are basically important for the core, it's actually part of the core competency model of the company. They're, they are part of the company's way of functioning. They are not an addendum or an adjunct uh, kind of appendage. When did HSBC begin its corporate sustainability program? Oh, many, many years ago. In fact, it's the bank which has ethics and values embedded in its functioning uh, for as long as one remembers. So it was quite a natural corollary for the bank to actually action uh, corporate sustainability uh, in the scale and manner in which it does today. And how did it begin, those programs? With what did it begin, those programs? Well, it was with the basic understanding that as a financial institution, we need to be able to play a role to create access to formal financial services. So it started with that thinking uh, uh, across the board in all countries where we operate. Uh, we today have uh, people like me driving HSBC's corporate sustainability agenda. Mm -hmm. You've worked on so many different 
initiatives uh, in this sphere. What are, what are the ones that are nearest to your heart or the, mm -hmm. that are most important to you that you really devote your time to? Well, uh, my role is that of a strategic uh, advisor, if you may want to call it uh, that way, to HSBC on a number of uh, sustainability issues. Uh, I love uh, working on new challenges in terms of changing people's mindsets uh, inside uh, the organization. I love to be able to create newer innovative projects. The best one which I worked on is actually a project uh, started by a Yale World Fellow, Chetna Sinha. Uh, it's called the Mandeshi Bank, which is uh, a business school set up by the Mandeshi Bank, uh, where uh, HSBC is supporting training of women in financial literacy so that they're better able to accept microfinance and uh, and, and work really well uh, in terms of uh, making full use of the credit which they get from banks. Uh, Future First is also very important. I launched the program uh, uh, three years ago in, in three countries. Today it's in 40 plus countries reaching 150 plus thousand children, 150,000 plus children. So I think that's also very important. I think I am a cause marketeer. So any cause which you give to me is happily absorbed by me. So that's what keeps me uh, going. Nonetheless, some initiatives must be more effective than mm -hmm. others. How would you uh, determine which, which initiatives are more effective, mm -hmm. less effective? As long as all sustainability initiatives, at least insofar as they're practiced by corporates, uh, do a pre- and post-impact measurement, as long as they're linked to the core competencies of uh, uh, the corporation, uh, they, they have a great chance of success. For example, HSBC does not work in health. Uh, we work in education because it provides access to mainstream economy and therefore finance. And we work in microfinance. We also work in climate change because we know our customers are going to be affected by climate change. We know it's going to be the most intense environmental issue facing us uh, and across borders. So it makes sense for us to work on that issue. So we have an issue focus and likewise many corporations who believe in truly practicing sustainability will have an issue focus. A pharmaceutical company will work on health. I was working with Ogilvy and Mather prior to HSBC. I used uh, social marketing as a tool to create change. So it depends on the core competence of the company and if we do not really connect with the core competency of the company or the product or the brand, I don't think you're doing good corporate sustainability. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, would you say that corporate sustainability as a concept is widely embraced by the business sector in India? It is in fits and starts. Uh, many corporations today still uh, practice philanthropy and charity and call it sustainability, uh, which is not how it should be. Uh, there is very little stress on connection with the core competencies of the company. But the field is changing. Uh, there are many, many peers, uh, in India at least, uh, with whom I interact, uh, who are impressed by the kind of work uh, HSBC has initiated uh, in the area of uh, corporate sustainability. The field will change. Uh, the financial crisis has shown that you do require to have an ethical approach to uh, doing business, and corporate sustainability is part of that ethical approach. So more and more companies are going to embrace it. I think uh, it's only a matter of time. Mm -hmm. Since you've been at Yale this fall, you and another world fellow, Tim Jarvis, have launched something you're calling the Climate Civics Institute. Right. Tell me about that. It was uh, an interesting collaboration, uh, and it actually emerged out of the number of deliberations uh, we have had through seminars with faculty uh, and with uh, my fellow colleagues uh, in the class of 2009. Uh, Interestingly enough, climate change today is doing the same mistake uh, which, uh, which corporate sustainability and not-for-profits uh, uh, did some years ago to work with uh, people uh, which are uh, at not so much at the bottom of the pyramid but somebody who is easily accessible. 
so that actually leaves out the bottom of the pyramid from the consideration set. When you look at climate change, you have uh, vulnerable communities living in far-flung areas whose voice today is not heard on the climate change negotiation table. It's these communities who, as we speak, are getting affected by rising temperatures, falling water availability. Uh, these are the communities which are facing drought. These are the communities globally who do not have access to agricultural productivity, hence livelihoods. Uh, so this is the voice of the majority. The word civics comes into the play here, where we're trying to see how we can bring the voice of the majority to the negotiation table uh, on climate change, create an international paradigm around climate adaptation uh, through research on ground, through policy mechanisms, and simply asking simple questions to which there are no answers today. What is the water resilient capacity of 100 villages if climate change is happening? We don't have the answer. Climate Civics Institute hopes to provide those answers and convert that into a policy dialogue at international level. What specific tasks have you mm -hmm. set for yourself in the, in the institute? Yes, uh, two uh, research areas have been identified in India to work on water resilience models and people's livelihood generation capacities. These are uh, semi-arid drought prone areas already suffering from impacts of climate change. Uh, in, uh, in US, uh, interaction with think tanks has, have proceeded really well. We're trying to see how best we could work with these think tanks to create a policy mechanism around our research on ground. Uh, through Tim Jarvis, uh, my fellow colleague who is a partner on this project, we are working on uh, convincing the Australian government to look at uh, adaptation technology transfer. Uh, in a very interesting way, Australia faces if not exactly similar to India, equivalent drought situations on ground. So there is a field area component in Australia as well. Uh, we are trying to also look at uh, creating a climate civics engagement model uh, from the international relations perspective. Uh, my discussions with State Department in DC have been very fruitful and they're very keen to work with uh, the climate civics concept and actually look upon it as interesting innovation. And uh, we are presenting this entire model at Yale uh, in April as part of the Renewable Energy and International Law Network at Yale, uh, as well as a State Department best practice. It's terrific. Final question. You've sure. just spent an entire semester here. Uh, what do you take away from this experience? Complete transformation. Uh, it would be a disservice to the program if I don't really apply intensively all that I've learned. And I've been doing so during my time here at the semester through uh, lectures, public speaking, uh, student counseling interactions, uh, uh, trying to seed projects with faculty. And I think this transformation is real because uh, the program actually not only makes you hit the road running, it actually asks you to create the road first. So I think that's a vital difference and that in a way creates exponential uh, leadership potential. Uh, not only in me, I mean, I've heard many fellows uh, in this cohort also speak about it. So the program has given me a sense of uh, my next uh, career leap. Uh, I always loved mentoring, coaching uh, students, uh, interacting uh, uh, in the academic environment and at Yale, uh, this has really blossomed into something which I will continue to do in the future. I'm so glad. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Leslie.